All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Oh, all right. Should be a pretty quiet day today on Daily Faceoff Live. Really scraping for things to talk about. Welcome in to the show. It is a November 28th edition of things live on the Daily Faceoff YouTube. And as always, brought to you by Botano. The game starts now at Botano.ca. Frank, no sleep for an insider here in late November. Wildfire Everson, Patty Kane's going to Detroit. Everything is happening. Really rough night to also have to take your daughter to the ER at 4 a.m. So yeah, Ooh. it's been a it's been a day here, and we're we're getting through. We will get through it. There is a lot to talk about. Lance Lysowski is going to join us in our big segment in just a little bit with the All 32 to talk a little Buffalo Sabres. And Frank, when I woke up this morning and saw Patrick Kane has made a decision, I went, yes, on the day we have a Sabres guest on the show, we're going to talk Patty Kane going to Buffalo. No, it's Patrick Kane going to Detroit. Let's dig into things. It's showtime in hockey town. And a lot of people caught off guard by this one, Frank, but if you think back to about mid-October, this is actually something you made the connection of a while ago. Yeah, um, that the Detroit Red Wings were one of three teams to keep an eye on. I said October 17th, Detroit, Buffalo, and the New York Rangers. The Rangers had to bow out for cap reasons because of the injuries that they had. And the Buffalo Sabres, I think, were in it until the bitter end, along with the Florida Panthers. But Patrick Kane chooses the Detroit Red Wings, and you think about this entirety of the situation here, the Red Wings are in a playoff spot today. Unlike the Buffalo Sabres, Steve Iserman made a big pitch for Patrick Kane. He flew to Toronto when um, Patrick Kane was rehabbing there, got a look at him on the ice. And then also more than that, 
It was the idea that, yes, Detroit to Toronto, not very far, but still a Hall of Famer and GM wants to court you, sit down and have a conversation. I think that went a long way. And then under the radar, maybe we should have been more in tune with this. The decision to break up a line that had been one of the best in hockey to start the season with Alex Dabrinkit and Dylan Larkin and Lucas Raymond on the right side. I think the Red Wings weren't wild, you know, back then in in early November of, of breaking those three players up, the sort of future, the core of this team. Now you look at it, Joe Valeno is on the top line, Alex Dabrinkit on the second line. Sorry, Michael Rasmussen, but uh, we're going to probably see a reunion here between Alex Dabrinkit and Patrick Kane in short order. Yeah, like, I mean, if Dylan Larkin can keep driving that top line and all of a sudden you have Patty Kane and Alex Dabrinkit on your second line, maybe getting some softer matchups, the Red Wings offense all of a sudden could be legit. But what kind of player are they getting here, Frank? I mean, we saw Kane go to the Rangers at the deadline last year and not look great. Did that hip surgery fix him? Is this a point-of-game guy they're adding to their lineup? I think 100%. Bold prediction, maybe not so bold. Patrick Kane, the rest of this season, whenever he gets into the lineup, it will be at an 82 to 85 game uh, point per game pace or more. So I, I think that's where he is in the sort of 85 to 90 point range. And speaking to those who who watched his rehab closely, yes, this hip re resurfacing surgery is a big deal. Yes, it is a lot to come back from. And other players have come back and hit the wall. But he was steadfast in pushing this to try and get back. Uh, more than that, he also was in a spot where his agility looks like it came back. So think back to Patrick Kane playing with a bad hip. New York Rangers, Chicago Blackhawks last year, still 60 points. So for the Detroit Red Wings, this is a bargain. And by the way, important to point out, one-year deal at $2.75 bucks, all salary. And that's important because if there were signing bonuses in, that would make the cap hit higher. So the Red Wings retain some salary cap space that they can go out and continue to add to this team as they get closer to the March 8th trade deadline. But Patrick Kane, a big piece, all that's left to decide is how much they're going to be paying or he's going to be paying Daniel Sprong for that number 88. Maybe just a nice dinner. <laughs> I would, that was going to be my next point is he's going to make a hair over 2 million. How much is the check for Daniel Sprong to get number 88? You mentioned well, the cap space. Sorry. I was going to say, I think if he signs today and is added to the cap, it's 2.05 million. Maybe that 50 grand uh, goes towards a rolly for Daniel Sprong. Uh, before this signing, the Detroit Red Wings, $4.33 million in cap space. So like you said, still going to be some wiggle room here for Steve Eiserman in Detroit. And that's a team who, if they win the game in hand they have, they're, they're going to be tied with the Florida Panthers. So maybe we should have been higher on Kane to Detroit all along. Yeah, and maybe I should have been higher on their defense core. Maybe I should have looked at that a little bit differently. I'm still not sold that they're a playoff team. I think this takes them in a big step in the right direction to round out that top six. All of a sudden, it looks a lot different now with Patrick mm -hmm. in there when you can re-slot everyone. And, you, you know, I can't underestimate, I can't oversell, I should say, the idea that the, the Detroit Red Wings are getting a true game-breaker in Patrick Kane. He's not going to be the 105, 110-point guy of eight years ago, but this is one of the top five players of his generation, and I think you're going to see a totally rejuvenated player coming off of this hip surgery. Tomorrow night, Detroit goes toe-to-toe -to -toe against the New York Rangers, and then on Thursday, they take on the Chicago Blackhawks. We'll see if Patty Kane gets into the lineup for either of those two games for Detroit. Let's head out west, Frank, where, I mean, okay, the Red Wings fan base, they're feeling great right now. 
Minnesota fans are probably waking up, scratching their heads a little bit again this morning, going, man, Dean Evason is really out in his fourth season with the club. Granted, there was a half season when he took over as interim head coach. Evason is out as the bench boss in mini. You see the record here on your screen. Four playoff appearances. One of them was in the bubble year. The other three times, they didn't get out of the first round, Frank. And then you look, obviously, the slow start to this season for the Minnesota Wild. The struggles, the long losing streak. It felt like this was kind of getting inevitable. Were you surprised that Evason was given the boot yesterday? I was only surprised in that I was with the Minnesota Wild 10 days ago and Bill Guerin, their GM, gave a pretty full-throated response as to why he thought Dean Evason was a really good coach. And hearing that, I was like, okay, this seems like a GM that's, it's he's going to make a trade to try and shake this team out of it before going the coach firing route. But listening to Bill Guerin speak today and his reasoning at the press conference introducing John Hines as their new head coach in Minnesota, he said he had a feeling that this team wasn't going to get out of it. And they also added Patrick Dwyer as an assistant coach, which I think is uh, an important thing to point out because Bob Woods, their other assistant, was also let go as part of the process. And he was managing that penalty kill that was 32nd in the league, 66% success rate so far this season. They needed a change. They needed to spark their penalty kill. And, and more than that, um, Bill Guerin was talking this morning about the idea of having a clean slate and the fact that this team isn't out of it. They're not giving up on this season. Yes, they've lost seven in a row, but they felt like time was of the essence because look at the mushy middle that is the Western Conference wildcard race. Do you really think if the wild can get it together that they can't catch the St. Louis Blues, Nashville Predators, Arizona Coyotes, Seattle Kraken, other teams that are right in that mix? I think without a shadow of a doubt, they can make up, you know, seven to nine points on that Blues team over the course of what's left three quarters of this season. I think the real interesting thing is, is John Hines the guy to do it? Clearly some trust there with Bill Guerin and John Hines going way back to when Bill Guerin was the assistant GM of the Pittsburgh Penguins and also then GM of their AHL team in Wilkes-Barre Scranton. His head coach there was John Hines. So, these two know each other pretty well, logical fit, but he's a guy that at the NHL level has a points percentage, a hundred points less than Dean Evason, who leaves Minnesota with a 639 points percentage. Jay Woodcroft fired in Edmonton, 643 points percentage. If not for the seven game losing streak to end his tenure in Minnesota, he leaves many with a higher points percentage than Jay Woodcroft had in Edmonton. So Tough spot to be in. Yeah, and when you look at the fact that it's John Hines coming in, a bit of a retread hire. Like you said, he's had a couple of stops now around the NHL. This really does feel like a we're shaking up the room with this firing, not a we're moving on from Everson and there's a guy we like long-term. Like I just don't get that vibe with this. Yeah, and I think the other part of it is when I look at Dean Everson and, and the way that he approaches things and then John Hines, they also feel kind of similar. Both very intense guys. Um, I think the one thing that's been lacking from John Hines and his teams has been attention to detail. I think the Wild need more of that, not less. But Bill Guerin says a blank slate, and they're not giving up on this year. That's the important message. So that also makes me wonder if maybe there's also not a trade coming at some point here in the next month for the Minnesota Wild. You look at the fact they have their first and second round picks for each of the next three seasons. They don't have a ton of cap space, but there's a couple of contracts there they could maybe sacrifice. 
in the process. We'll see if Bill Guerin is done shaking things up in Minnesota. John Hines, the seventh head coach in franchise history. Um, Frank, shake up, blow up, however you want to describe it. Last night's game between the Florida Panthers and Ottawa Senators. It was a spicy one. And we got this. And it is incredibly hard to read everything that went down. But I love it because it so perfectly encapsulates the chaos that was the third period. Whoever's sitting there jotting down in the penalty box all these penalties, they're going to be feeling like they have carpal tunnel today. It was insane, Frank. And we got a great clip, one that will go down as an all-timer. So before we talk about it, I want to hear this announcement again from the ref at Center Ice because it's so funny. Two minutes for roughing. Florida, number 12, has two minutes for roughing. And then every player on the ice has a 10-minute misconduct. Florida will have a two-minute power play. Why is the crowd booing that? It's outrageous. Well, it's because it's like everyone just getting getting the pen. Like, that's kind of what it felt like. Garrett Rank taking control of the situation. Um, It was bananas. And I think more than that, the frustration obviously boils over. You've got Brady and Matthew Kachuk yapping at each other, and that part was awesome. This was the uh, the Zach McEwen hit. Um, he gets the uh, match penalty for a check to the head. Look, this went back and forth and around and around. It kind of felt to me like the Sens lost control here, and I don't just mean of the game and their their you know attention span and. And the frustrations, I think it kind of felt like they were also losing a grip on their season. I I think I'm with you as well. And you hear DJ Smith's comments after the game saying the team wasn't prepared and that's on me. To me, that feels like a dead man walking right there in Ottawa right now with DJ Smith. The team lost control. They failed to really put up much of a fight on the score sheet last night, although there was a lot of fighting on the ice. And Frank, you, you talk about maybe a defining moment too, like, 167 total PIMS, great. The Kachuk Bros had 27 of those penalty minutes. Hilarious stuff. But, I mean, Ottawa also gave Florida a ton of looks on the power play, and Florida went three for seven. Like, that's a different hockey game if Ottawa keeps their composure and keeps their cool. And it's a big divisional loss as well. Those are ones. The Senators are dead last in the Atlantic. You need to win those four-point games. You need to be at your best when you go into those matchups. And they just they were fell flat on their face. I, I think it's time for a coaching change in Ottawa. I... I just don't see any other way to get this thing turned around. Well, I have some news for you. It's not happening. Mm. They're not making a coaching change. The Sens are sticking with it and sticking with DJ Smith. I think one of the big things that they were trying to impart on their franchise is stability. It's been a chaotic year. You've had your GM fired, Shane Pinto suspended half a season, a first-round pick forfeited, and a new owner finally takes control of the team in September And it's the perfect time to kind of look at the coaching market because everyone's now saying, well, there's so much buzz. The heat is so hot in Ottawa with how poor this start has been for a team that couldn't afford to go down this path. And they're there now. Now what? It's almost like it feels like to me, it seems like there might be more drama keeping DJ Smith around than not. A constant question. But I'm here to put uh, some of that to bed today because the Sens are not making a coaching change now. And I think it's an interesting time because you've also got two pretty highly qualified candidates that are available. It's not often that you see someone make the Bruce Boudreaux switch from, you know, Washington to Anaheim or however it went in a span of just a few hours. But Jay Woodcroft, Dean Evason, two highly successful regular season coaches, 643 and 639 points percentages are now suddenly available. 
And for Jay Woodcroft, it would only be his second time around. So not really quite the retread. I think there's opportunity. I think we've talked a lot about DJ Smith and the opportunity that he's had in, in Ottawa, more than 300 games. But that's not a path that the Sens are willing to go down right now, and I understand. I wonder if there's maybe some other GMs around the league just talking about the coaching market who see a couple of really good qualified coaches on the market and are sitting there going, man, if our slide continues, maybe we do pull the trigger quick. Like I look at New York, the Islanders, three wins in their last 10 games, Frank. Maybe that's Lou Lamorello's last desperate play to get that team turned around is to make a coaching change. And you talk about wanting to score, bring in a guy like Jay Woodcroft who ran some pretty good offenses in Edmonton. Yeah, I, I would say that outside of Ottawa is probably the hottest seat at the moment. Um, you know, I, it's, it's interesting because you've got some other guys that have had some success too, like Gerard Gallant still available. Is he someone that makes any sense somewhere? The, the market is sort of replenishing itself after we've had three coaching changes already this season, only November 28th, Dean Evison, Jay Woodcroft, and of course, Mike Babcock. And correct me if I'm wrong, last year we had to go a long time for our first coaching change, right? It felt like there was a lot more stability around the league. Leash is a lot shorter this year in the NHL. Yeah, and I would say the one that's, you know, not both, but I, in fact, I, I would say both. I'd say Woodcroft and Everson both really surprised me. Um, the fact that we're at that point right now, two teams with expectations, the wild back-to-back 100-point seasons, the Oilers, uh, had gotten to a final four under Jay Woodcroft. Like it, it's, there have been some very surprising results and some pressure, but also now teams looking at some openings in the standings saying, if we don't make the change now, maybe we'll have missed our window. Interesting stuff. Uh, that Atlantic division, it is tight right now. You mentioned, we mentioned Ottawa sitting in the basement, Buffalo in sixth place, but just three points back of a playoff spot. Let's talk a little bit of Sabres and get into the all 32. The All-32, as always, is delivered by DoorDash, where for a limited time, our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. All you need to do is download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code NATION25. Restaurants, groceries, pharmacies, bakeries, flower shops, and more. DoorDash has everything you need to be a holiday hack. Dash that for the win. Pleasure to welcome in Lance Lysowski from the Buffalo News. And while we talk about the excitement in Detroit with the news that Patty Kane signing with the Wings, the other side of that coin is the disappointment in Buffalo. Lance, how big of a gut punch is this for the fan base in Buffalo? Honestly, uh, surprisingly, a lot of a lot of fans didn't want Patrick Kane to sign here, despite the fact that this team is the youngest in the NHL. They have a glaring need on the right side with Jack Quinn out. A lot of people just look at the recent struggles on a bad Blackhawks team, and they're just focusing in on what Pat Patrick Kane had, had done the last you know 18 months or so, as opposed to the player we all know that he can be. And you know, you can look at the the risks of the surgeries, what happened to Backstrom and you know Jovanovski. There's there's an argument to be made to not sign Patrick Kane, but still, with the this team's inconsistency, their need for for honestly, another veteran forward to, to supplement their core, especially with Tage Thompson out. You know, the reality is they could have really used somebody like Patrick Kane on this team right now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, no kidding. It would have been such a huge boost, Lance, and so happy to have you join us. Um, but I want to ask you about the goaltending situation because we went into this season saying, Devin Levi, this is going to be the guy. He's going to be the guy that takes off, and yet, it's Uko Pekalukinen who's been fantastic the last number of games for the Sabres. Is it his crease to run with? Should it be his crease to run with now? It should be. We'll see if that's the case. We all know that they're carrying three goalies. They still are, despite the fact that Devin Levi has struggled. There's nothing wrong with sending a 21-year-old goalie to the American Hockey League. Even elite prospects like Connor Hellebuck needed a good chunk of games down in the AHL to develop into an elite number one goalie in the NHL. So... Hey, it's time, I think, for Devin Levi to go get games. A rotation for a 21-year-old goalie does not make any sense. It's funny, Frank, because they keep Eric Comrie, not because they had concerns about Devin Levi, but because they had concerns about Uko Pekka who has emerged as the clear-cut number one through 2022 games here. I'm sure that there is some hesitancy to, to send Levi down. What's that going to do for his confidence? They put themselves in this position, though, right? I mean... With their messaging, their approach to the offseason, they were basically giving this this job or at least one of the two spots in their roster to Devin Levi, no matter what happened in training camp. And you know what? It it hurts the player in some respects. It hurts the team. And now they got to make a decision because they've been juggling 11-7 with Tage Thompson now. Jordan Greenway's away at dealing with a personal matter. They've got injuries. And, you know, right now it just feels like they're not giving their head coach as many options to create a winning lineup night in and night out with where this team is at the expectations, you know, UPL is giving them the best chance to win. So that's who they have to go with. And Comrie has proven that he could be a very solid one B backup mix in spot starts. The schedule sets up nicely to give UPL a run here. We'll see if they go with it. I think it's, it's past time though, to, to make a move and, and do the obvious thing here. So Lance, would you send Levi down? I mean, like we have to acknowledge here that he was trying to do something that really skipped a big step. So few guys are able to make the jump from college hockey, right to the NHL, even the best, some of the best of his gen, you know, the last few generations, Carey Price, whoever it might be, they've all gone to the AHL. To think that you could just skip it and not is is a big leap. I don't blame Lynn from trying. I mean, you look at the way that he played in late March, early April, when he already had the adrenaline, right? He came from a full season at Northeastern where he played really well. 
So he was able to step in and this Sabres team was playing at its best. They were defending better. They were at full strength. They were healthy. So the, the group in front of him was a lot better. Now it's a lot different. You step into a full 82 game regular season. You've got that pressure night in and night out to be the guy. Even if you're not starting every game, you still have that pressure. I have to stay in the NHL. I got to earn my spot. And to be honest, it's tough to do that. So, yes, I would send him down. You've got a good team in Rochester with a lot of prospects. It's not like you're sending him to a bad situation. He's 90 minutes up the road. Their development coach, Seamus Kodak, is there all the time. So he would have a real goalie coach to work with every day in practice. There's more practice time. He's a, a very cerebral kid. He's introspective. He understands how to diagnose you know, what is wrong with his game. It's very difficult to, to make those adjustments, though, when you're going in and playing Alex Ovechkin on the road, then you've got the Penguins coming to town with the pressure, the expectations, the way the other two goalies have played. I mean, UPL and Eric Comrie have been better, right? You've got Levi's under contract. As much as you may not want to upset him or, or maybe shake his confidence by making this move, it's the right thing for everybody involved, and he'll be better off long-term for it. And, and then you don't also have to lose Comrie or you can gain some additional flexibility. He's been good, as you mentioned, why – have to be in a spot where you put him on waivers at any point. Exactly. And it just seems like with this position in particular, Frank, that indecisiveness has plagued the Sabres going back a few years to when Linus Allmark was was heading towards unrestricted free agency, right? They decided to keep him at the deadline instead of trading him, thinking that they'd be able to sign him, and they didn't have a plan B. So they had to sign Aaron Dello and Craig Anderson at the 11th hour, and they've just been trying to figure out a real goaltending plan ever since. They finally stumbled on one with UPL and Comrie playing the way they are. And now they just got to run with it and trust their own development people and develop and trust the the environment, the good team they have down in Rochester to be the, the, the environment that Devin Levi could use to become his better self and take that next step because he needs games and he's not going to get it here in the NHL playing one every three or even worse than that at this point, just given the way the other guys have played. Before we let you go, Lance, I wanted to circle back to that forward group. And you mentioned the need for maybe adding a veteran presence in there and giving Don Granado some more pieces on a day-to-day -day basis. I'm looking at their cap-friendly page, $6.5 million in projected cap space. They got every first, second, and third rounder for the next three years as well. How aggressive do you think Kevin Adams will be during the season here, potentially on the trade market? He hasn't shown to be all that aggressive the last couple of years, so I have a hard time believing it, right? I mean, they they believe in drafting, developing, and bringing up young kids. You got Isak Rose and Yuri Kulik in, in Rochester. They're in the NHL at the moment. They're going to be going back eventually once they get healthy, but those are the types of players they think are going to come up and help them. It's a dangerous game to play. Not every prospect pans out. Not every prospect's going to be able to come up and help you during the second half of the year. You have assets. You have cap space. You got draft picks. At some point, you have to you have to maneuver those to get your team some help. I think they owe it to the guys in that room, even the you know, guys like Tage Thompson, Dylan Cousins, who signed long-term deals. I know that there's an obvious urgency in the fan base for this team to make the playoffs this year. I just don't think that we're seeing that same urgency from from management and even the coaching staff in some respects because they don't feel they own that 13 year playoff drought. That has nothing to do with them. To them, it's only a couple of years and they're still early on in their plan to build a sustainable long term winner. Again, dangerous game to play because you're betting on too many young players and you've really got your core set. Now you got to just round out the margins of your roster. I think they did a really nice job getting Jordan Greenway at the deadline last year. But not adding a forward in the summer when they knew Jack Quinn was going to miss about six months. He's not going to return until probably January. That's risky business. Now, Victor Olsen's playing better. That certainly helps. But 
not enough guys are putting the puck in the net right now. Some of that might be pressure. Some of it might be, you know, like Dylan Cousins, for example, has to play up to that contract. How much is that playing into some of his struggles early in the season? We'll see. But it's not easy to make a trade in November. We all know that. But if anybody's going to be able to do it, you look at their assets. They certainly have the ammunition to pull to maneuver and pull off a deal if if something materializes here. They've got a hole on the right side. Now that Kane is signed, I think that they should move to do something. Interesting stuff. More than one team is going to end the year bitterly disappointed in that very tight Atlantic division. This has been the All 32. Lance, appreciate your time, man. It was great to finally do this. Hey, it's a pleasure, guys. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. Uh, before we move along to our daily or daily face off inbox question, Frank, a little bit of news. Adam Fox expected to be activated for the New York Rangers off LTIR. I see you sent out a tweet, but Philip Heedle and Capo Caco both going on LTIR. Not good news. Yeah, Capo Caco is the big news. If you watched the Ranger game last night, it was really ugly. The spot that Capo Caco is in is clutching that knee. You're thinking, oh man, this could be season ending. Turns out some good news for the Rangers in that. That's not expected to be a season-ending injury. He's going to miss a significant amount of time, so he goes to LTIR. They also put Philip Hedl on LTIR, retroactive to November 3rd. He'll be eligible to come off soon. And the Adam Fox activation, of course. So um, a mixed bag of information for the Rangers today. Fox coming back. Hedl has been skating and is making progress, and he's getting close. Capo Caco. Not as bad as it could have been, but still going to miss significant time. Interesting stuff. Our daily pace up inbox question today, though, Frank. Yesterday, the NHL announced that they are bringing back the fantasy draft at this year's All-Star Game out in Toronto. So they're sticking with the three-on-three format, and they're going to do four captains, I believe celebrity co-captains in the mix as well. And this will give us a chance to have more great memories like Phil Kessel being picked last in uh, in one of the, I think it was the first fantasy draft that they did as well. I love this. What do you think? It was cool for a minute and then it kind of became old and then the players were complaining about the idea of being picked last and then the NHL wasn't happy that the players were obviously boozing during the, the player draft. And so it, it kind of became one of those things that went by the wayside for Toronto makes sense. Hockey mad market, one additional you know day to sell to sponsors and activations. And so I understand why they're doing it. Um, We'll see how they can spice it up. Let's see what they do. I don't mind it. And you know, someone else who doesn't mind it, I was sent this clip from Connor McDavid at last year's All-Star Game. Let's play it. Thanks for your help on uh, on the All-Star. Yeah, I think that's a cool format. Sure. It's going to be fun. Yeah. It'll be better than what we have. I think. I mean, this will be competitive. Yeah. Guys will, guys will put forth a little bit of an effort. So good stuff. Yeah, be good. Good luck. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Good seeing you guys. Yeah. Connor McDavid on board in a conversation with Bill Daly from last year. I was sent that from a listener. I thought it was neat. Yeah, to get thanks. Some insight thanks to our later. friends at Oilers Plus for that as well. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's move along to our Botano Daily Bets for the day. Perfect two for two yesterday. Nailed the shot prop parlay at plus 148. Nailed the over between Columbus and Boston as well. Tonight, my straight play, I am taking the Vancouver Canucks. They're coming off a loss to the San Jose Sharks, playing another bottom-of-the-barrel team in the Anaheim Ducks who are really sliding right now. I like the Canucks, basically even money on the puck line. It's a bit of a get-right spot 
in Vancouver. Shot prop parlay. Aaron Ekblad back in action. You know I'm going back to Aaron Ekblad over one and a half shots in this one. He's hit it in four or five games since returning and hit it for me last night. Parlaying it with Jacob Verana to go over one and a half shots on goal. Verana has hit this in 11 consecutive games. 11 in a row. 13 of 16 on the year for Verana. Love these two played together at plus 140. Shout out to our friends at Botano. The game starts now at Botano.ca. Wrapping up with a little bit of garbage time, Frank. I was going to say, wait, where, where are my Ducks fans at? All those people chirping me on social media after I said to start the year that they're way closer to the team that's one in five than the one that won six in a row after six consecutive losses, including a couple lopsided ones. Weird. I haven't heard from you. Uh, garbage time is brought to you by our Wendy's daily face-off survivor pool. I am once again out after night one of the competition. I took the golden Knights to score more than three and a half goals. Uh, but even though I am a loser in the game, I will be a winner when I go to Wendy's for lunch today and try their new limited edition chicken strips and French toast sticks. What a combo. Sometimes the best teammates are the ones you'd least expect. Try Wendy's new chicken strips and French toast sticks from the Wendy's app today. Frank, what do you got for garbage time? By the way, I was also eliminated again. It is embarrassing how bad I am at that game. I picked Tim Stutzla one assist. One measly assist. He has like 17 and 18 games or something wild this year, and I can't even get one. Out. That's the way it Look, I don't swear often on this show, but I want to let you know that the stuff that's been floating around about uh, Corey Perry and, and one of his teammates' mothers is fucking bullshit. And I think it's ridiculous that um, this was something that was perpetuated on social media. It is so far from the truth and so unfair. It's so weird that people think that there's some cover-up or conspiracy here that that this is the real story and yet we're just not talking about it because it's salacious or something like that. And it's unfortunate because Connor Bedard, 18 years old, breaking into the game, he was raised right. His parents are really polite, proper people. There's zero chance that something like this would happen, and yet it will stick with him for a long time because people are conspiracy theorists and think that whatever you read on social media is true. There's a process that's playing out right now between Corey Perry and the Chicago Blackhawks for disciplinary reasons. I don't know which way it's going to go. There's expected to be some kind of resolution at some point here in the next few days. Does he come back and play for the team? Is his contract terminated? Is he in a spot where he hits waivers or is traded? I don't know how this gets resolved, but it has nothing to do with that. So please, the next person that tweets about it or talks about it, don't even bother interacting with me because it's just absolute bullshit. Yeah, it's incredibly stupid. It's just acknowledge it or even give it some time. It, it's embarrassing, but that's the spot that we're at in 2023. Yeah, it, it's totally ridiculous, and you feel for the player involved in this one because, man, I mean, you mentioned Bedard, 18 years old. This is the last thing he needed while he's trying to adjust to life in the NHL. A very unfair story and just dumb, dumb stuff on the internet, which I guess shouldn't be all that surprising. Uh, big shout-out to Lance Lysowski for joining us today. Everyone in the Daily Faceoff YouTube, and there were a lot of you today. You were great. Remember, hit that like button before you close your window. Leave us a comment as well. Frank, we'll be back tomorrow, noon Eastern time, with another edition of the Daily Faceoff Live. Chat with everybody then. Thanks for tuning in to Daily Faceoff Live. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.